Welcome to Is This Scary? My name is Zach. I'm Shelby. And I'm Phil. So what we're trying to do with this podcast is we're just three horror nerds that really love scary movies and we're just going to try to talk about our love for not just movies but scary things in general. Yeah, we'll be definitely looking at not just horror films, but we might be also looking at video games, TV shows, maybe even anime at some point, or animated films. Um, but yeah, we're trying to look at the whole genre as a whole. Animated films, such a scary topic. Yes. <laughs> they can be. <laughs> yes, it's definitely yeah. scary by itself. Yeah. So, I was going to say again, I'm Zach, I'm 34. Uh, I got into horror films because my dad loves horror movies, and like I used to, one of the big, my big intros to horror was I used to raid his book collection because I lived in the basement where all his books, well, all the books that mom wouldn't let him keep out on the other shelves were at, and it was all a bunch of Stephen King and Clive Barker, and that, <laughs> we're sitting in my office now, and there are a ton of horror books Stephen on the wall King right now. Stephen King everywhere. Stephen King. <laughs> I was gonna, yeah, there's I, Stephen King and Clive Barker. It's just like home. <laughs> I feel at home. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I'm Phil, uh, 25, and I got into horror movies uh, about, like, like middle school age for myself because I was actually terrified of them beforehand, and then I watched, was it 13 Ghosts? I thought it was. Classic. And I, I, I fell in love with it, along with my friend, uh, my friend Davey, who showed me that you could like make fun of the horror movies, and that helped me out a whole lot more. And then I just fell in love with them. And I, I worked in the event industry, so I, I dealt with a lot of people who made movies. I'm Shelby. I am 27 years old. I got a similar introduction to uh, horror movies as Phil. I was scared of horror films but then with my brother we would um he got me introduced to it we would always decorate our house for the fall and halloween season and we would always reenact scenes from like halloween resurrection even though it's a terrible movie he would always dress up in michael myers and he would always lift me up by my head and we would like reenact the kills and stuff like that so that kind of desensitized me to the point where I looked at movies, and especially horror movies, and I was like, huh, I can look at this at as more of like a review way, and not so much, I'm terrified, this is realistic, he, he's gonna get me now. And I just became addicted to them to the point where I got a, uh, a bachelor's degree in film studies. I don't really do anything with film now, but I do have my own blog our blog where I write about movies, especially horror films, a lot. So, yep, that's kind of similar as with Phil, but I started out scared, now I'm not. It takes a lot to get me scared of horror movies. It's, it takes a lot. So I mean, I think that's how all horror fans start out, because mm -hmm. especially if you start watching horror movies as a kid, yeah, of course they're going to they're gonna get you, but I don't know, like I said, I, I grew up watching them with my dad, mm -hmm. And I think that was one of the other things was I figured out that if you watch horror movies with other people, they're not nearly as scary. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, see, my big issue is like the I pulled up 13 Ghosts because that was the first one I watched by myself. Right. I can't remember the movie I watched with my friend Davey. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember 
All I remember was that there was like a slime monster that ended up killing everyone at the end, and he just made. It wasn't the blob. It was. It wasn't the blob. It was some black slime creature. I I don't remember the name of it, but that's irrelevant. It's it was just he made fun of it from beginning to end, and it was like ah, this is how you deal with it. Yeah. This is how. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I would have really started remembering horror movies in the late '90s. So, like. I can remember at one point, one that sticks out early in my head is probably one of the reasons I really loved Clive Barker was Dad rented Candyman, and we watched that one together, so that's, I have a lot of love for Clive Barker and his weird, his just his general weirdness. Aren't aren't they remaking Candyman? Uh, It's a pseudo remake, because they're still setting it in present day, but it's just going to be called Candyman. I think it's one of those generic um, films that that we've seen several times in horror films where it's, oh, we're going to bring back this legend of the Candyman, and I think that's the way they're going about it. But no, I, can, I agree with Zach where the 90s were a big time for horror films. My favorite memories were going to Hollywood videos on Friday nights oh, or yeah. Blockbuster. Like and that. I would always, I would skip, back, uh, skip by the... The hot movies at the time, like the blockbusters, and I'm like, no pun intended. And I would skip, and I would go right to the horror movies. Even though I didn't really get any of them, other than I would always get The Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon and um, uh, Deep Blue Sea. I loved those movies. Oh, I don't know why God. they're so Deep bad. Blue sea. They were so bad, but I loved them anyway. And I would, but I was always fascinated with the cover art. And that was that's something that's always yeah. interests yeah. me that gets my eye, and I'm the same thing. Well, video games and books nowadays. Well, I mean, it, it, you got to think about, it, especially like some of the iconic ones, like Halloween. That original theatrical poster, just the with pumpkin. the pumpkin oh, and the yeah. knife, is that's is, iconic. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And then that crazy. With Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh yeah, that crazy acid trip thing mm-hmm. that they had going on oh, yeah. with the original mm-hmm. one. Yep, I definitely agree with that. But no, the '90s were definitely a big time that I think all of us got really interested. I mean, they were not, like, super scary, especially when we really look back and we're like, oh, oh. Scream is not scary. It's kind of a comedy. Yeah. It's making fun of but horror movies. Scream, yeah. Is, Scream is... Yeah, Scream yeah. is a critique on horror movies mm-hmm. more than a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what is everyone's favorite horror movies? That's... I would have to say type, because I don't know that I have a favorite horror movie. Right. I mean, I have favorite examples from different subgenres. like right. if we're going for slashers i'm a big nightmare fan because freddy's an actual character right. as opposed to a shadow with a knife yeah i get you i get you see see for me it's like uh in reference to like the like slashers and whatnot mine would probably be texas chainsaw massacre i've been a, on a big kick for those movies uh recently but overall like older uh older horror movies for me the uh, Amityville Horror is my favorite, and then mo- more modern, uh, I'd have to say Midsummer is probably my favorite. Although it's that's what did you say? Yeah, like a psychological. Yeah, one. yeah. I was I mean, gonna say that's not... that's closer to an art house film, but yes. it yeah. it was sold as a horror movie. Right. It's not. It's yeah. not. But it's it, now it is. It's disturbing and unsettling, and it has some very gory scenes. But I don't know that it's scary. Yeah, but then I, I feel like a lot of horror movies especially modern days modern day it it falls flat and like mm-hmm. that felt more like a horror movie uh, on the psychological realm than 
some of the ones that come out re- more recently. Well, something like Midsummer, it's more of because it's like a, a part or like a cult. It's something that's more realistic, so that that's is true. something yeah. that is going to creep more people out because it's it's already creeper, creepy. Sure, yeah. that was like cults in itself, like Scientology or whatever. That already gets creepy feels to it, so automatically it's going to make you uncomfortable while watching it. Well, yeah, I mean, if we're talking modern horror, though, I, I, it's probably overhyped at this point. But Hereditary was fantastic. Oh yeah, right? Hereditary was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, my particular favorite, I mean, again, it's impossible to tell any horror fan or ask any horror fan or any movie fan in general, what's your favorite movie? And I'm like, I can't answer that. It's, it's yeah. impossible. It's a loaded <laughs> Yeah, it's a loaded it's question. Gonna ch- it's going to change. It's as mo- more movies come out and everything like that, you sure. might, yeah. for years, oh, my favorite movie was this. And then another movie comes out and you're like, nope, this beats it. But no, my favorites, uh, I love the classic slashers, so like Halloween, I'll watch that a billion times. We all have different slashers, which is great, so we don't all agree on uh, the same one. Um, But I also like the the Universal Monsters, so I'll sit there and I'll watch a good hours of Dracula or Frankenstein or anything like that, but also just like anything Lon Chaney as well, because I love like SFX makeup and anything like that. And Lon Chaney and Lon Chaney Jr. were the masters of old school makeup. Right. Yeah. But also anything that I'll go into like suspense as well and creature features too. So you'll get some like classic like Alfred Hitchcock was, in there yeah. as well. So anything really like that. So um, I mean, and then but I also love like B movies, like mm-hmm. especially if you're talking good B horror movies, like oh. the Hammer series that came out of England was amazing. amazing. But they also had a ridiculous just cadre of actors that they kept throwing in these movies that had way more talent than those movies ever deserved. Like, you have a, just, like, a whole cast of, like, Sir Christopher Lee, and, like, all these, like, knights and in a movie. Peter Cushing <laughs> is in this movie. Yeah. Strange orange blood everywhere. And all this cleavage, but yes. Right, but Shakespearean trained actors. <laughs> yes. Doing the train wreck. It's great. It's fantastic. Okay, yeah, so, so how do we think, what do we think of the uh, genre today? How do we think horror is doing? Is it successful? Is it oh, is it overplayed? I mean, I was going to, I think it really depends on what genre you're going at because the paranormal, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I love <laughs> the paranormal, like those kind of films, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're overplayed. The slashers right. got really overplayed in the 80s. Yeah. The slashers died an ugly death in the early 2000s, yeah. let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. Because the slashers came out so strong in the 80s, mm-hmm. were strong until about the mid-90s, and then dwindled mm-hmm. until they basically disappeared in the yeah. early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, they are so, making a comeback, so we're seeing the next, obviously with COVID and everything like that, so that's kind of put a damper on things. Sure. But in the le- next three years we're supposed to be seeing a lot of reboots a lot of sequels to the traditional slashers but i i definitely agree that kind of the it's been the trend of the paranormal right now so you're seeing a lot of annabelle's conjurings the nuns and everything like that we're seeing a lot of that and it's that is even dying off oh yeah i mean well and like everything that you just mentioned because the first conjuring movie was fantastic right and the first Annabelle movie was actually really good as well. 
and then they drove it into the dirt. There's just something about horror and its subgenres of, okay, one idea worked. We're going to do that 18 more times. Mm -hmm. Why do we have to do it 18 yeah, more times? Do something different. Yeah, and I think it's also because they do, let's do a prequel. So they uh. already introduced the character of Valak, the Defiler, for the nun, in The Conjuring, and then let's do a prequel. And it's like, we already know how her character ends. It's like, come on. I don't care how it showed up. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, some prequels work yeah. if you start out with them. But it's like, uh, it, I don't know. It just, just mm. once we already see their ending, it's kind of like, oh, crap. <laughs> Although, I will say, like, indie horror movies within the last five years have been doing really good. Like, oh, yeah. The first time I saw The Babadook, I was blown away. Oh, I yeah, thought that, that was, was really a good. fantastic mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. yeah, we're definitely seeing a, a rise in like foreign films and kind of like you, you we used to go up grow up with like the the Japanese and Asian sure. version of of films and everything like that and they were huge on the gore aspect of it. And now they're kind of making a comeback even especially British films is kind of made a big comeback right now. So yeah, well, as an yeah. example, go yeah. ahead. Right, um, and then uh, what was it? Oculus. Mm -hmm. Oculus was uh, another yeah. one that had basically a shoestring budget. Right. That, but I think that kind of actually helps horror films because it makes your cast and crew be way more creative. Because it's okay, guys. I was able to script together three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and we're going to make this movie. How do we make it work? Because right. there's when we run out, we're out. Yeah. There's yeah, no it, extra money. Yeah, it forces everyone to be more creative, right. it, and they can't rely as heavily on like CGI and whatnot, which right. kills horror movies especially, yeah. but it kills movies right. if that's just yeah. everything you have. Yeah, and I think also with having like a limited budget and everything like that, you're going to have a cast and crew that are more likely going to be very, hey, let's work together. They're going to be really pumped and excited to put out, so they're going to be putting more work into this because they're passionate about it. So you're going to have a cast that's like, hey, you can give me $10,000 for the whole thing and I'll I'll give you all give you all that I can. So are you are are you trying to say that when people care about what they're doing, you get a better product? Exactly. Shook. Shocked. Shocked. No way. Well, I mean, and while these weren't the best movies, I think a really good example of that is the difference between the two Rob Zombie Halloween films. Right. Because the first one I feel is a successful it's a successful horror movie. It's not a great movie by any stretch. Right. But it's about ten times better than the second one. But that was also because Zombie didn't want to come back and direct the second one. And the studio was like, oh, we'll give you the whatever budget you want. You have total creative freedom. And yeah. they let... Sorry, guys. Have you seen Rob's other movies? Yes. When you let Rob Zombie be Rob Zombie, you get some just... Out Weird there, weirdness stuff. that you can't sell yeah. to the mainstream. Yeah, definitely yeah. his first film definitely brought back the idea of Michael Myers to like yeah. the 2000s yeah. and everything like that, mid-2000s. And it was just like, okay, let's bring that back. And it was relatively successful. And then when they asked him to come back thinking, oh, they're going to just do a, a different version of Halloween 2. And no. It was it was a music video for Rob Zombie. Let's just show his wife more. <laughs> <laughs> My wife has a nice butt, right, guys? Okay, cool. <laughs> We're gonna watch it for ninety minutes. Yes. <laughs> With unicorns. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But 
but no, I definitely feel like, especially with COVID and everything like that, I feel like the horror genre is kind of at a, what do we do with it right now? I mean, you're you're going to see, like, good movies. Once out of Blue Moon, you're going to see a good movie come out. So, like, A Quiet Place and Midsummer and stuff like that come out. But it's hard to find the next franchise because they keep on remaking things. I Yeah, I hate the concept of, like, the remakes and reboots. I, I would rather see them put out a new idea or a new idea to film. Right. And it flop than see just 10 of the same film come out. Exactly. But that's it's just... That's too risky, Phil. I, I understand. You can't do right. that. No. We have to see Freddy at least <laughs> once every five years. He's yeah. like the next It. Instead of 28 years, it's yeah. five. five. Well, and then you have a series that's near and dear to my heart that honestly only has two good movies. Right. There are two good Hellraiser movies and there yep. are zero more. And, and that's what people don't understand with franchises <laughs> like that. So all of them are like that. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard to find a franchise that's got more than three movies where every single movie is great. I can't think yeah. of one. <laughs> no. no. I can't. No. I mean, we were doing a little bit of warming up before the podcast and we started talking about like your... Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween and Friday the 13th all suffer from this because we said so. The originals in all three of those are classics. Nightmare 2 is a very weird movie. It's really uh, gay. I don't know how else to say that. It's very gay. And then the third one is great. And then the fourth one is a weird pseudo-sequel to the third and then the movie, and then that series just falls right. off a cliff hard. Right. So there, there are four really watchable movies in that series, and then there aren't. Yeah, and I think it's mm. even worse with Halloween too. You get <laughs> you get Halloween where it was like the first movie is perfect; it didn't even need a sequel. And right. then, then the sequel is is okay. Obviously, there was a three year time and a weird wig for uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, they were trying to make her look younger, right? And also, <laughs> you change the theme song, which is like perfect. And made it all like weird sync sync uh, I don't know like senses uh, I don't even know what the word is but it was just and then the mask was also deteriorating because it was stained from cigarette smoke from Deborah Hill and it was just like mm. but then you get season of the witch for the third movie which doesn't even have Michael Myers in it unless you're watching television they're doing a commercial for the Halloween films. And then you get into a great movie like Halloween 4. But then it still it goes back downhill after that. It's just like, really? I mean, <laughs> to, to beat this to beat this uh, horse a little bit more, I mean, uh, jumping to my favorite slasher, uh, Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I'm going to keep hitting this. Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> I'm going to keep Texas hitting this Texas Roadhouse right. joke. So we're going to get Patrick Swayze to rip a guy's throat out and throw that in a horror movie. Yes. It'll, it'll be coming out at some point. It'll be great. But no, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the first one, the first slasher movie, it's iconic. It's great. The second one is really good because they took the whole concept and changed it and made it a dark comedy mm -hmm. and it really worked. Then there are others, yeah. like Leatherface, right? And I mean, and it it doesn't get any real anything better until the uh, reboots. But even those are 
not not great. even great. Yeah, not well, good. even to the point where they're making Leatherface, they're making his character like sympathetic. You feel bad for him, and he's like a hero at no. one point. And I'm like, no. what? What? He's no. a psychopathic no. hillbilly. Like, That's all the, he needs yes. to be. The, the most sympathetic that he gets in the first two movies is oh, his family abuses him a little bit. Yeah. And then, but yeah. he also hits people with chainsaws. Right. So. Give you, feel, you feel bad for him that one moment when he's like in the kitchen and he's got the woman and he's like yeah. acting like a like a timid old woman that is beaten by his her husband or something like that. But I'm like, still, he's killing people and eating people. Right. No, <laughs> he's not sympathetic at all. <laughs> Are you not sympathetic to the cannibalists? Cannibalism? Hey, I love cannibalism. <laughs> oh lord. Cannibal, cannibal, yes. <laughs> What, Cannibal the Musical? Oh, wait, wait. We're talking horror movies, not yes. weird student films. Oh, jeez, no. <laughs> oh, me, oh, my. But, uh, and then, I mean, you get back to Friday the 13th. I don't think I need to say spoilers here, because that movie came out in 1980. Right. If you haven't watched it, like, why? Are okay. you even listening to us? Right. I mean, so, we appreciate it, but no. <laughs> So Maybe Jason, we'll get you into horror movies. Yes. Jason's not, Join us. Jason's not the killer Join in the first us. one. It's his mom, which is a great twist the first time you watch the movie. It's fantastic. And then the second one, Jason's not a zombie, even though we saw him drown as a child at the end of the first movie. Don't think about it. And then the third one, he picks up his hockey mask, and that one has some really cool kills. Mm-hmm. And then, like Phil said, with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there are more movies. Because really, unfortunately, with... Uh, Friday, by the time you've watched the third movie, you don't need more of that franchise. Yeah. It's played out at three movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean... I, is, you go ahead. Oh, uh, sorry. I was, gonna, I was just going to say that that's the whole concept of uh, Slashers because it's... You're there for the, the killer. And once you've watched the killer a little bit, it it gets done. It's mm-hmm. done. I mean, I, to this point, I kind of just watch Friday the 13th because it gives you that, like, oh, camping vibe. So it's like the beginning, like the end of summer. <laughs> it's a good transash, uh, transition movie sure. into the Halloween season. So it's like, oh, end of summer, going into fall. It's like a nice, like, nostalgia. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not scared of this. I know it's blank, blank, blank that's that's doing the killing. I'm not going to spoil it for you. <laughs> but well, I still, did. I know. But <laughs> <laughs> I still try not to. But, um,. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with that, that it's, it's once you've seen it, you're like, okay, I've seen this. Right. And again, like, for these series, unfortunately, watch the first couple movies, and then you can put these movies on, fast forward to all the high spots and the kills, mm-hmm. and you can, you can get through this whole series in an afternoon. It'll be great. You'll, right. have, a, you'll have a fantastic time. A bunch of people will die. There's blood everywhere. It's right. fun. And then you just skip to Jason. Uh, Jason lives, and then it's just straight up company breaking the fourth wall and everything like that. Did we have to talk about that? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got finally got zombie Jason. Uh, come on, the best worst out of all of those is obviously Jason X. Jason in space. Jason <laughs> takes Manhattan. Uh, he stopped a rapist. I'm yeah, just saying. Okay. Hey, hey. He's a hero. He's oh, a God. hero. He is my hero. My, the Poor best Jason. part of Jason X, though, is still we're out of nowhere. He is now two foot taller and half made of titanium yes. and has a sci-fi hatchet hey, or make, machete. Hey, it makes sense if you don't think about it. Yeah, I'm like, I've met Kane Hodder. He is not that tall. <laughs> he just has a really thick neck. 
<laughs> One of the things we were talking about was, do we think the virus will in inspire any future horror films? Mm -hmm. I think it will, but here's the thing. There have already been quite a few good virus-themed right. horror movies like Wreck. Oh, Wreck's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Wreck is so good. Is that yeah. the original or am I thinking of Wreck's, American Remake? No, Wreck is the original. Wreck's the original. Quarantine is the yeah. American Quarantine, Remake. Right. Yeah. Now, if you're going to watch one of those two movies, go watch Wreck first. Quarantine is perfectly serviceable, but uh, Wreck is better. Wreck's yeah. better because literally uh, half the cast is just the firefighters that work at that, that place. And the other... And no one knows what's going to happen to them. They were all given like half of a script. So it's every reaction in that movie is completely genuine and it's great. Right. But no, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know if it will inspire just people to make horror films because it, we're living in a scary time. Reality scares you. So it might be just, I'm going to be, I'm just going to write a horror movie because it fits with the time. People are already scared and people are also looking for entertainment. So you're seeing a rise in streaming and everything like that. Oh, so yeah. it's a good time where I, I can make money quick. Right. Because I would say even like, like you're saying with streaming, but I think even YouTube is going right. through a renaissance. Like right. yeah. the, I don't remember you, the YouTube output being this heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. so one of the things that we were talking about in this kind of vein is uh, the rise of the drive-in theaters, like yes. the, the comeback yes. of the drive-in theaters, because no one wants to go sit in a movie theater anymore, and the drive-in, you get to sit in your car, and at least the drive-in around us, the mm -hmm. snacks there are far cheaper yeah. than the actual movie theater, yeah. and I personally absolutely love this i love the concept of a drive-in movie theater mm -hmm. there's something about it that just feels like old america yeah and me. it's something you can do with the whole family and it's not just like oh you're just gonna sit in your car most places have do have other activities so if you have kids you can play on there's usually a playground or something like that for them to play on there's the cute little intermissions you've seen like on like movies from the 50s and stuff like that yeah. so yeah. It definitely has like that old America feel yeah. to it too. Yeah. And then um, another thing is we personally just again our opinion, but we don't feel that uh, horror is the best genre for direct-to-video releases. No. Because you know it's these these on-demand releases that are happening. Like, just I guess to put a timestamp on this. Uh, the live-action Mulan came out a couple of weeks ago right. and flopped, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. which I think that movie, while it's not what anybody was really looking for, would have done a lot better in a traditional movie environment yeah. or in a traditional theater environment. So it's just interesting to see what would happen with a horror movie because, one, like we said earlier, it's way less scary to go see a horror movie with a group of people. Right. And... If you have an effective horror movie, if you're in a room full of strangers and one of them screams, that's infectious. Yes. And, and everyone screams. One, one good pop can set off the whole theater, right. and that's yeah. a great time. Yeah. yeah. See, I think I think the Mulan flopping is all about like the business practices af about it. But I, I, I don't think... I think you're right on the rest of it, because can you name a good direct-to-video horror movie? A good just... Can you name one? I can't. I can't think of one. Uh, what are you talking about? The Toxic Avenger is a fantastic <laughs> film. <laughs> as as are all trauma movies. Uh, 
Just a uh, warning. If you decide to dive into the trauma movies, there are right. a lot of very inappropriate... There's a lot of inappropriate humor and a lot of vulgarity. We're not necessarily pushing right. that. Well, is uh, was Hush um, direct to streaming? See, I'm uh, well, not but sure. That, that's a different story because that's... Yes, that's technically direct to streaming, but that's... But, but that was put out by movie. Netflix. Uh, yep. that, that is a Netflix original. And it wasn't really... That one was uh, ad, more advertised as a thriller. It didn't pop right. up under yeah. my horror movies. Yeah. So I, I don't know about you all, but a lot of thrillers I'd kind of throw into the mm-hmm. horror movie aspect. because well, like they are. Yeah, they are. Hush is and a great... Hush is a fantastic movie. Yes. Well, and it's oh. a good example of what I would... Yeah, okay, maybe it's technically a thriller, but right. what happens in that movie is absolutely yeah. terrifying. I think yes. the only problem that I have, and it's a tiny problem, is that you see the killer's face. I, and yeah. I'm like, I when he is killing that girl against the glass, and I'm like, and he has no emotion, and I'm like, perfect. Yeah, see, I'm right there with you. The worst scene in that movie is right in the middle when he takes off the mask. And, and I'm it like, becomes, no! Now I can humanize him because he's not just some he monster. Has he has a identity. face. Yeah. And I'm like, with simple was, camera work, you could put, you can work with it where you don't see his face. So at exactly, some point yes. when, some, when I think it was the boyfriend shows up and he's, yeah. and he's playing the cop, and it's like, okay, well, the girl that's stuck in the house can't see his face. He could easily just took his mask off put it off screen where she can see it, but she can only see the back of the killer's head and only sees the reaction of like her boyfriend as he's being killed or something like that. And as he turns around or something like that, even the camp, you can even put it to the, that the camera doesn't see it, but maybe she does. So she's like reacting like, Oh now I'm actually seeing his face, but we're not seeing him put the mask back on. So he's still a mystery to us. And I, I like that concept of it but no i definitely agree that it's it's a great film Um, oh yeah well something that jumped in my head there for a second that's Mm -hmm. off topic uh we were talking about wreck a minute ago and one of the aspects that makes that movie so good in my opinion is the fact that one of the characters is literally the camera the Mm -hmm. guy operating the camera is 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 the actor he is voicing lines he is running around with the camera mm-hmm. and it's it makes it so much better yeah. well yeah because but i mean that's his character though yeah. he's just the camera he's, guy yeah he's, he's the camera he's guy the camera guy for the news crew yeah exactly yeah, yeah exactly but the, <laughs> and you see that in cloverfield you see that in like i think also Blair. yeah there's, there's a lot of them that do it that uh, found think... footage but i think wreck does it so much better right well i mean if you want to do who did found footage the best, the original found footage horror movie is still one of, well, original modern, I guess, but the Blair Witch Project is mm. super effective. Right. Especially since I was old enough to remember when all of that was happening originally because out of nowhere, these weird janky, this weird janky website showed up out of nowhere and they did the fake documentary that preceded the theatrical release and... They were keeping such a tight lip on everything. Like, there was a legitimate sense of tension the first time you watched this mm-hmm. movie because these actors went underground for months after this movie came out, and you're watching this, and it looks like they're dying legitimately on screen. And the right. thing was, it was loosely directed. There was no solid script. A lot of the reactions in that movie are real because it's right. just a camera crew 
trying to scare the crap out of these <laughs> actors in the woods. Doing so it. So hard. Real good job. Yes. So now on that note, on that note, there are other there are sequels. <laughs> no what? <laughs> no, they're not. Exactly. There's one Blair Witch what? movie. Yes. Only one. Let's, but no, you even uh, taken that concept of like the character being the camera. They even they even did that with uh, video games like Outlast. I mean, yeah. oh yeah, you don't know yeah. The, and those are the first one's amazing. The second one oh, is yeah. trash. But I'm, uh, gee, I'm sensing a real hard print. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but no, the first one's cl- a classic, especially because you also have the night vision as well. So if you're hiding under a bed or something like that, and you turn the night vision off and you don't realize, oh, there's a killer right there by your the bed that you're hiding under it's like that's terrifying <laughs> right yeah uh, man. okay so genres go through trends and changes over time um so what's overplayed right now because well, I feel like definitely, I feel like there's just been, I would, that's something that I'm definitely going to do research on, kind of look at, make tr- uh, like a, um, a like flow a, chart a flow chart of yeah. like how many horror movies have come out in like last like five, ten years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I would, oh, I would say you're gonna current get a, would be like ten years. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of paranormal on there. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of like the going with the Conjuring series. It's just going to be a lot where they, let's just get them out as soon as possible. And I'm like, we haven't seen something like that. Just the get the movies out since like the '80s and the '90s. Like there was, oh my God. there was a period yeah. of time, especially in the '80s, where every single year was either Friday or Freddy Krueger that was coming out. Absolutely. Elm Street was every single year. And Halloween, and, and Halloween it, came out more infrequently, but it was in the mix with right. way too many. Yeah. And and that hurts the movies. Right. That hurts right. the movies horrifically. Well, of course it does. Um, like I said. I guess we'll bring Hellraiser back up because right. Hellraiser has suffered from what I guess I'll call rights management. Right. Because <laughs> if you look into the history of certain Hellraiser movies that were made, uh, at least four of them, and I do not remember which ones off the top of my head, we can revisit this later, but were different scripts that said, okay, insert Cenobites into this. Put the box early on in the movie. This is now a Hellraiser flick. It's like, yeah. no, it's not. It's, it's a, this is a subpar detective movie that now has creepy bits in it. Yep. And not scary ones at nope. that. Yeah. Not even torture porn at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's a genre that yes. I can't oh, stand. Torture porn. The, I the even... Saw movies are just... The first, the first one's good. The is great, but, yeah. I think once they got to the third one, it was, by that time, it was already ticking off, but it got just, it was like, all right, how many, you got desensitized to it very quickly. Well, and then, okay, when does Jigsaw die? Is it the third one? Third movie. Third movie, third movie okay. technically the third and fourth at the same time. Fine. At the same okay, time. fine. So he's dead, confirmed dead by the end of the fourth movie. We're into what? Saw eight? nine by now hey it makes sense if you don't think about it right because here's here's my other thing is <laughs> some of the other movies ended up being prequels because saw is one of those that plays right. with the timeline real fast and loose but it's also okay at this point by the time you're putting out jigsaw especially the character of jigsaw had been dead on screen right. for at least eight years okay mm. how many trap houses did this psycho hide around the city right it's it gets stupid. And how to did a point. no one find them? 
<laughs> right. right. Just some, just some like urban explorer didn't just come across. Oh, why is this place just filled with needles? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, it took them, and it took them so many movies into, I guess, hint that he had help by at least one person at some point, and it's like, really? I'm like, we really, it, like. I'm like, are we that stupid? But it's just like, okay. I'm like, well, duh. It wasn't very well explained is the problem. And then, of course, the second they reveal his first helper, it's like, oh, it would be the good the good looking chick in the movie. Right. Of course. <laughs> of course she's the other bad guy. Yeah. Why wouldn't she be? Yeah. I'm like, it got <laughs> interesting with like Dr. Gordon and like later to, I'm yeah. like, I yeah. remember that whole trend. I was it was everywhere, like on YouTube, everybody's like if you watch this movie, you can tell right this point that it's Dr. Gordon because he's limping. And remember, he chopped off his foot, and it's like, that's interesting. That's kind of like getting the hype up when the next movie came out. But at the same time, it was just like, yeah, no crap he had it help. He's dead. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's like, we saw literally, it's not like it was like smoke and mirrors or anything like that. Unless he can make himself look exactly like somebody else. Well, not to mention, they had him die of cancer. Right. He was, was like, dead on the table. Like, he had, like, no time at all, and then he got a saw to the throat. I mean, yeah. Right. He had terminal cancer, and then, yeah, like, Shelby, they they cut his throat. He's done. Yeah. Nah, that's totally livable. Just a jugular cut, it's totally livable. Well, and then a a series that I... Just put a Band-Aid on it. He's good. Apply pressure. He's good. You'll be fine, dear. It's (laughs) no big deal. Just rub some salt in it. (laughs) Rub some dirt in it. There you go. There you go. He's an athlete. He rubs some dirt in it. He'll be fine. And then one series that I personally don't think we need to spend a lot of time on, but we brought up torture porn, so I think we need to at least mention Hostel, which I... When's the last time the Hostel movies came out? I feel like it's been forever. That's good. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because here's much. the thing. I watched the first one. I think I got part of the way through the second one. They aren't scary. They're just disgusting. Right. And to the point where I can stomach a lot of gore. Right. Those movies disgust me. They get to me and it doesn't creep me out. It makes me feel icky inside. Right. Like it makes you feel gross. Right. You watch it and be like, Okay, I just watched you melt a dude's eyeball with a blowtorch. I, I'm i glad I'm not eating anything right now, <laughs> but I'm not afraid. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm kind of, like, really desensitized by that because, I mean, I can watch the most glorious of things, and I'm just like, cool, how did they do that? I look at, I because I kind of turn off my brain on that. That's It's sometimes difficult for me to enjoy movies because I look at it as of, ooh, how did they do that? That scarring, or that I, I look at it as how am I going to recreate this with like makeup or something like that? So it's difficult for me to be like, ooh, that's gross. I'll be like, that's cool. Can I touch it? <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm just weird and demented like that. <laughs> that's fine. It's just a little blood and guts, you know, everyday work. <laughs> oh, wait. Um, talking about blood and guts and everything, uh, that's one of the that's one of the reasons I love the horror movie, horror movies and everything is all of the practical effects mm-hmm. that can be used that are used when you have these low budgets and everything. Like uh, you go into some really bad movies, uh, like the Wrong Turn movies. The mm-hmm. w- first one's good, and then the rest exist. But there's a <laughs> uh, scene in the one where the guy is being run over by a lawnmower, 
like a riding lawnmower. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because you can watch the like the how they filmed it aspect, and he's sitting there laying on the ground, pretend uh, acting like he's getting run over, and they're just throwing legitimate blood and legitimate like right. pig guts and everything just all over him, and. Yeah. His only comment about it is, I think I got a little in my mouth. <laughs> right. Wow. Well, and oh, then my gosh. That was another one that Phil did say low budget. Because when you go watch the kill scene on that guy, that oh, mannequin yeah. head explodes real good. Oh, no, not that one, but yeah. The, the, that's the same. <laughs> yeah. Those two deaths are within the same yeah. scene, but yeah. 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 The, 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 the mannequin head looks real good. Right. I think all of us can kind of agree that in order for a film, a horror film to be successful, it's kind of just be subtle and just be, just, just chill out and just be very subtle with it. So you don't need big, loud noises and a huge score in the middle of the movie during a chase. Just make it simple. You don't need a whole bunch of CGI, just classic. A lot of times you might not even see that much blood. And right. it I'm, works. Well, I'm, I mean, in that concept, uh, jumping to like video games for a second one of my favorite horror video games is silent hill uh two Mm -hmm. specifically Mm -hmm. and the reason that's so good is it gets the atmosphere right Right. it's just the atmosphere is heavy it's oppressive it's not it's not fast yeah well i mean that makes sense because really silent hill 2 is a game that's about right him coming to terms with what he did and then his resulting mental instability be like, oh, I did this. And then you just, the world fractures as his mind does. And it's right. a wonderful, it's so, wonderfully done. Well, and the you, only, you, oh, and you, see, you see that too. And also like Stephen King as well, like Dr. Sleep. I mean, the whole book, which is a thick book, which is main majority of his books. It's a great book. I haven't seen the movie yet, but uh, from the trailers, I was like, they put too much of The Shining in it to it. But going back to what I was um what I was saying with it, I mean, it's a movie about recovery. I mean, he is sh- not so much, Danny Torrance is not so much shook up about what happened to when he was a kid back at the Overlook Hotel, but he is re- recovering alcoholic and cocaine user as as Stephen King was. Yeah. So he's trying to recover from that and just trying to just live, have find a living for himself, have a job, and just be a better person. Yeah. And then weird shit starts happening and children start going missing and stuff like that. So it's, that's when everything, his recovery is kind of put on hold or it's, it's challenged in that way because he's having psych, uh, psychonetic connections with a, a little girl in a, in a distant um, state. And he's like, why are we connected? This is weird. And then he's having flashbacks. They overlook, but still it's that, that recovery and everything that's subtle, like, oh, and it, again, relates to real life, again, so. Yeah. See, that's where I, I would argue with you slightly there. Mm-hmm. I think the best co, uh, co-writer is cocaine, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I need more cocaine. Oh, man. <laughs> At least um, in Stephen King's yes, uh, opinion. Yeah, in yes. Stephen King's. Yes. I want to say it was the Tommy Knockers, which mm. is one of his worst books. Uh, yeah, that's a fair statement, <laughs> but. Again, might have been Tommy Knockers, not exactly sure, but there's one book that Stephen King has definitively come out in an interview and said, well, I wrote it. I have absolutely no memory of the experience of 
creating this book whatsoever, but I must have written it because it got published and my name's on it. Right. So Who that happened. This? <laughs> oh, no. it, I can yeah. tell you proofread it. Yeah. Okay. He's a co-writer. Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> but no, I'm like, as an example, one of like the subtle films that I liked so much, I liked Sinister. That first shot of when you're seeing the family slowly die, there's no blood anywhere. And the music is very subtle, but it's like, all right, this is what we're going to do with this movie. But I was like, this is very disturbing. That is a great shot right there. Just them yeah. slowly lifting up. And I'm like, you can just realize, it was like, that's not how hangings are supposed to happen. So you know that they suffered. And you see that with every single movie in that movie. Just how it's just like, wow. It's like very little little to no blood at all. The, the jump scares are like, okay, you saw those coming. But just it had that kind of, oh, this is uncomfortable feeling to it. Yeah, see, with any horror movie, I think you can tell how how good it's really going to be within that first, like, right. five to ten minutes. Within that first kill that happens there or that mm-hmm. setup or whatever. Right. Because, like, right. with... Uh, Sinister, you have that fantastic scene. And then, like, uh, for, like, Midsummer, you have the scene where she, uh, her sister kills her whole family in that beginning. And that's the, that is a definitive line for a lot of people. I have a lot of friends that, I have a friend specifically that stated that uh, he saw the movie and he's like, I I don't know if I like it. I I can't, I don't think I did purely because of that scene. Right. But it was so heavy and it set this movie up Mm -hmm. so well in my opinion. But I would call that effective because if you can get someone to be like, okay, I watched the whole thing and now I'm very unsettled. I didn't enjoy my experience. I would consider that a success. That's a uh, successful movie in my opinion. Right. Good. You made somebody hate your movie. Right. Congratulations. Hate, just, hate your movie for the right reasons, right. Right. not making, because it's bad. Making the viewer uncomfortable and nothing happens. As yeah. an example, and I'll name like two films for you. One of them is horror, and one of them is actually not surprisingly horror, and it's a short film. First one is The Woman in Black. That one scared oh, yeah. me. I was going to bring that up. The and Woman in Black is that, fantastic. Yeah, those scenes where you see little Daniel uh, Daniel Radcliffe, little Harry <laughs> Potter, sitting in his chair in the weird house, and he's sleeping, and the camera is moving around, and you're like, you. I'm immediately looking. I'm looking at the mise-en-scene. I'm looking at the set, and I'm like, there's a mirror right there. If that woman in black goes to that mirror, and I'm like looking at that mirror, looking at that mirror, looking at nothing and i'm like it just makes you uncomfortable the whole time and you're just waiting for her to pop up and she doesn't until like the very end and you're like holy crap it's but then also you have like a short film like uh, i don't you probably have never heard about it's called um dust it's got it's a fantasy film it's got alan rickman in it and the whole movie it's nobody says a word the whole movie, you see him, he's kind of dressed up like a bum, and he's following this uh, this daughter and mother as they go home, and he sneaks into the house, and you, you immediately think, oh my god, he's going to steal this kid, he's going to kill the mom, he's going to rape the kid, and like, oh my, you immediately think, especially with Alan Rickman, he always plays a villain and everything like that, in reality, he's just stealing her tooth so he can ground, grind it up like cocaine and he turns into the tooth fairy. It's like what? Like you? It's so unexpected, but it's like that that build up. You're like, 
he's going to do something really disturbing and probably kill this kid because he's just watching the girl the whole time. And it's like, this is very uncomfortable, but it's that buildup that make that kind of works better than just like a jump scare. I mean, you me. get th- that kind of but, feeling you also get in, what were they, uh, it follows and let the right oh, yeah, one in. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. that building sense of yes. dread all throughout those films. Yes. Um, so on that note real quick, uh, that brings up a uh, question that a friend of mine always asks when we watch uh, horror movies. Is, uh, is our jump scares scary? No. No, they're not. They're startling, but they're not scary. No. And a good jump scare is, it can be welcome. Right. But they just, they're cheap a lot of the time and they're well, not and worth it. Well, and that's the problem and if, since we're talking about jump scares, so the difference between a good jump scare and a bad jump scare, in my opinion, would be a bad jump scare has telegraphed itself at least a scene and a half early. Yeah. And by the time it happens, you go, uh. Yeah. And it's like, okay. The music the- is already built up at that point, and you're just waiting for that loud noise. And a lot of times, in me personally, it's stuff that you're you're seeing right out of the corner of your eye. So if like you're just standing there and one of like as an just like a real life example, your coworker sneaks up on you out of the corner of your like the corner of your that freaks you out more than a loud bang. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. I mean, uh, a really good example of a really what I would consider a really bad jump scare is like uh the remake of Amityville Horror with uh was it Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I it's so, a bad I, movie. I love Ryan Reynolds. That's not the kind of movie he should be in, yes. in my opinion. But uh, it's the scene where the the son is. I believe it's uh, the son's in the bathroom mm-hmm. and he opens uh, the cabinet that has the mirror and oh, there's nothing in the mirror. Closes it. There's a creature in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. That's a poor right. jump scare. That is you a poor saw jump it scare. coming. You, you saw it coming. Mm-hmm. Now, one that. I saw not too long ago that I thought was a really good jump scare because they do exist. Was uh, did y'all see Last House on the Left? Or oh, not? Sorry, The Haunting of Hill House, the, the yeah. recent Netflix yeah. series. That was I a have really not finished it, but no. Go that ahead. was a really good show. Okay, series. so this shouldn't spoil too much for you, but there is one scene where is it the bent woman? I mean, yes. Okay. She she is the jump scare in it, in that scene. But uh, so two of the siblings. The two, two sisters are talking, and they're driving down the road, and out of nowhere, and you get, like, if you have emotions, you get real pulled into their family drama. It's something that feels like it could be real. And out of nowhere, from the back seat, from a, an angle that you can't see, just, like Shelby said, there's the bentneck woman, which is the main, the main scary ghost in this series, just pops out from the back seat and screams right in their face. It scared the ever-loving crap out of me, and I, I'm a, I'm a horror nerd. I started clapping in my uh-huh. living room by myself. It's like you got me, you got me with a jump scare. I was, I was. That impresses me at this point. I'm jaded. I'm 34. I've been watching horror movies for like over 20 years. There's something wrong with me. My brain is broken, and you actually scared me with a jump scare. Good. That's impressive. <laughs> Just clap in the middle and everybody's looking at you. Like, yep. Be like, I'm weird. You got me. <laughs> you did it. You found out. <laughs> yes. Yes, you get a gold star, sir. Okay, 
Um, so we're closing in on an hour, which is yeah. way longer than we thought we were going to run for this initial episode. But that's what happens. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I guess to wrap this up, we can talk about what the each of us expects this podcast to mm-hmm. be or what we'll get out of it. Yeah. I'm like horror is is a niche i mean you're not you're it's not like the mainstream where like super superhero movies which every single news media is talking about when when that's coming out you're seeing it on every single magazine horror is something you have to really look for it well yeah horror i mean if you're not it's a small community if you're not getting it out of like fangoria or bloody disgusting it's like okay well those are the official those are the two biggest official sources right. I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Uh, for me, I love horror movies, and I'm just looking to learn as much as I can through right. these conversations. Because right. I consider, well, I mean, I consider both of you more uh, versed in a lot of uh, aspects about it right. than personally myself. Uh, so I'm, We'll educate you. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean... <laughs> We'll educate each other. Exactly. Yeah, we'll educate I think each that's other. more fair. I mean, if you want to talk about it, Shelby's more actually educated on the nuts oh, and yeah, bolts exactly. of oh, def- that's movie making Thanks than we us. are. Yeah, no, I, but I think we can all take tips from each other. And but also, we're not going to agree on everything. No, no we're going to have some rants. It'll be fun <laughs> once we get to once we really get into it. Like I, and I'm sure it's been done before, but I would love to do like a deep dive on. Uh, the Evil Dead stuff. Oh, I, yeah. love I think Evil that Dead. would be so great because the first two are such passion projects from right. a bunch of kids that didn't know what they were doing. Right. The third is a lot of fun. Completely different, but it's a lot of fun. Not a horror movie. And then the remake, the remake uh, suffers from uh, being called Evil, Evil Dead. Dead. It would be a great, <laughs> right. it'd be a great movie if it wasn't Evil Dead. That, that would have gone. Um, when did that one come out? Was it 2013? Yeah, something like that. 2013. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whatever year that movie came out in, it would have been my top horror movie of the year if it had a different name on it. Because right. it was—it's an excellent movie. It's not a good Evil Dead movie. The Cabin—that's what it should have been called. That would have been better. Sign me, sign me. <laughs> so, like, comparatively, doing a deep dive uh, for like a movie called uh, movie Bird Box, I would—that would just be a rant for me because I absolutely hated that movie mm. to every every. Sp- aspect of it right just awful well that's fine and another thing i'm really looking forward to out of this is yeah i'm sure we'll retread a lot of things that i've seen before right but i see this podcast as a very welcome way for me to ingest new horror because right. yeah like stuff i haven't seen or possibly even things i never even thought about mm-hmm. looking into right especially because you guys also like the comedy ones and i don't watch that much comedy in general but you guys like the comedy horror and i'm like okay i guess i'll watch it <laughs> so well, i can that's be part okay. of the conversation <laughs> i mean we'll have to figure it out and we have no official links now but i'm sure we're gonna get on all the social medias so we can yes talk to an audience once we hopefully build one yeah Hopefully. <laughs> yes. Hopefully you like us, guys. <laughs> but no, I think we can definitely do what we like to do, and that's just talk about movies. But then also we can have our moments where we go really in-depth or my, there might be a new movie that's out or something like that, and we do a review on it, maybe even a, just a full-on com- commentary while we're watching it. So yeah. you can get, the, like, the natural. It might be something that we haven't even seen before, so it's it's – right there it's all fresh yeah. Yeah. and 
something that I I threw out to both both these guys uh, uh, a while ago was bringing in like unknown like directors that mm-hmm. we may know from our past in different industries and whatnot right. to talk about some of the movies that they made because the indie the indie scene is where you're gonna get the best right and sometimes the worst right. uh, products sure right I mean I I would love that so if we somehow get any I guess people right. in the industry that would want to come on and do an interview or something right. we could totally do that over zoom or facetime mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that I would mean, be a lot of fun if especially also i also go to a lot of conventions whether like sci-fi conventions or even horror conventions because they they we do get a couple in maryland especially this time of the year in october unfortunately they're not happening this year because of covid but right. they they have been either they've been rescheduled or they've been moved to like their primary location so like monster media that's that usually happens like near baltimore but now that's been switched to just New Jersey. And I'm like, I'm not driving to New Jersey to go for four hours and then driving back. Not going to happen. <laughs> I'm like, I like, I mean, I, you do meet some big stars there. Like you can, you, I, I met uh, Robert England there, Kane Hodder. Um, I met, uh, I think also the Candyman was there too. I can't, oh, I, can't, I uh, think. Tony Todd. Yeah. And then also, um, Skeet Ulrich and Neve Campbell were there as well. So, and Heather Lanningham. So, I mean, they, they all like the classics were there. So, but I don't think we obviously, cause they are very expensive, but we can, if we can always sit down and talk to other collaborators, collab- uh, other movie lovers and everything like that. But that might be something we can do yeah, later like we down would, the line. We'd love to do a crossover with other podcasts, especially right. being as new as we are. That probably helps help us out and right. maybe help you. Yes. So we are the, the horror community is very small. It's not it's not as big as what people think it is. So the more that we talk about it, the more the word is being spread, so to speak. So Yep, but it's all, it's just, it's what we enjoy doing, and it's just a nice way we can just talk and brainstorm and just feed off of each other and just make good friends and talk about blood and guts and... Jump scares. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Exactly. But thank you for listening to us, and we will be... Doing it again, soon. Yes, so we haven't decided on a movie yet, but um, a regular thing that we're going to do are deep dives, so expect for episode two to be a deep dive into some horror movie. Yes. Probably a bad one. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, why not? Yes. (laughs) Not much to choose from, but obviously when we get into the spooky time of the season, we might focus on more classics, but I think we'll also still touch on either like we'll be touching on the b movies and everything like that and just like indie films as well we'll be yeah. touching on a little bit of everything it's a good time good time of the year to do that so we'll be getting a lot out in a very short period of time hopefully this is a very professional outfit i swear <laughs> <laughs> but uh I'm just kidding. <laughs> again so thank you guys and once again i'm zach thanks for listening i am shelby i'm phil thanks for listening guys